0: Steve Dangle Podcast, powered, powered by, by Sports, Sports Interaction. Interaction. Wanna bet? the
1: Steve Dangle Podcast with your host Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's
2: go! Oh, and what a weekend it was!
1: Yeah, uh, what a weekend it was. Watch a watch hockey night in Canada with Steve Dangle. It was a great time. And the player cast. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Luke
2: Gazdick saying that he thinks it's wrong that the QMJHL banned fighting. I don't think Luke Gazdick was on this week's episode. No, either. but he was on He was on Yeah, What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I've got, a gr- I got an action to with think, Luke Gazdick yeah, in a little bit. Why? why? I'm using this as a tease. What? Yeah? You, is yes. this a personal vendetta you I am you upset have against- with Luke Gazdick. Come on, Luke. No, I'm not actually that upset, but I think I would disagree with him. And I think it's an opinion that's worth discussing because I think he represents the other side. So that's one of the things. I'm See, I'm doing both here. Hmm. Yeah. So you're both interested, aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, motherfucker. Fine. Also, I had a bad weekend because my favorite Formula One team finished dead last and second dead last
0: no, no. Even, somebody didn't finish oh, the race right. so yeah. you guys were technically second second last
2: yeah and piastri passed logan Sargent yeah. on the last lap yeah but okay. uh okay my my
0: team <laughs> who i started
2: cheering for when they were in third mm. uh is now back of the pack terrible awful team shoot but that's my team i'm cheering for the Move avenger the Move avenger oh thank you for that that's a simpsons one right
1: Hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold.
2: How dare you?
0: Listen. How dare you? Oh, swing a mess!
1: How dare
2: No. Welcome, welcome to very my career. Good.
0: Deep drive to left field.
2: <laughs> so, so obviously, you know, the thing that uh, uh, the thing that, that we're avoiding at the moment, but we're going to jump right into is the James Reimer situation. But I think, Steve, you have a way that you want to handle this today. Because, you know, if you don't know, Steve and, Steve and James go way back like Sean Fitzgerald interviewed James when Steve's book came out to talk about Steve's devotion to James Reimer. Um, And, uh, you know, it's been a very sweet sort of back and forth. Um, But what obviously, you know, the San Jose Sharks who um, decided to handle Pride Night in a way that no one else ever has in terms like their social media, putting out facts. They didn't even tweet the game score. They were, you know, trying to do this and really uh, do it right. Um, And, you know, you got, what is it? you know, 20 players that, or sorry, 19 players that'll wear the jersey and James won't. No, yep. And, uh, I have a clip. Now, James put out a statement, um, before the, uh, uh, before the game and it was through the San Jose Sharks Twitter that we found out about it. Steve, you read it and I encourage you to go to the LFR to talk about it or to, to, to hear Steve's full nuanced opinion because it's like 15 minutes. Um, but I thought this was a part that really stood out to me about saying, hey, I love everyone, I just won't put on the jersey. Go ahead, Jesse.
1: Really interesting because if you reverse the order of the last two paragraphs, it makes it seem much more contradictory. I strongly believe that every person has value and worth and the LGBTQIA community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. Second last paragraph, in this specific instance, I am choosing to not endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. Which convictions? Which ones? Be specific. And we can stop it there. You, you know, you're you really, you're... St-
2: so will you know, the, the thing that you want to do today is celebrate the good here with the sharks and yeah. and not, you know... Unfortunately, James reimer's decision soaked up all the good,
1: yeah, and like uh, uh you know i said I said my piece it was fifteen minutes, yeah, uh, and if you want to hear that or see that uh you can check it out on the last l f r video I don't want this to hijack the show mm-hmm. um, you know it was Saturday, it's Monday now, um that doesn't mean it's not an issue, it's just i i <laughs> I didn't want it to hijack the show. I'm mad. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Um, there's been a lot of discussion online. Almost none of it helpful. Uh, <laughs>
2: That's so true. That's cool. extremely true. Mm-hmm. Oh, so
1: you're saying, <coughs> followed by antidote, something by something. No one is saying.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, you're saying, and there's a lot of um, what about? There's a lot of what There's a lot of fantasy. There's a lot of cosplay. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, truth or productive discussion. So, you know, yeah, tuning tuning all that nonsense. And I
2: think I think it's important. And this is if if this statement doesn't apply to you, then disregard it. Uh, but if it does, uh, to everybody who is feeling uh, the the results of his actions this weekend, and I'm talking about James Reimer, uh, who feels alienated, who you know, I was uh, you know, in conversations that I had. Uh, with people who are in the community, um, it's very easy to feel like hockey hates you. It doesn't, um, and I will say this: that you are welcome here and you are loved. And I think that's an important thing to say. And I always—it's funny—you you see the comments you go. Why do they need to hear that? Well, if you feel that way, then you probably didn't need to hear it,
0: right? Yeah,
2: you know what I mean. But there are people that do, and I think it's—I think it's important that we do come out and say that um, it's a—it's a—it's—it's uh, it's a frustrating situation. And I think Steve, to sum it up quickly, yeah, somebody's well within their rights to make that call, but we're well within our rights to criticize. And I don't think that we could, on this show, have a better discussion about it than what you said on the LFR.
1: Well- yeah. I appreciate
0: it. Um to highlight some of the good stuff, uh Marissa Ignemi on uh Twitter. Ignemi, Ingemi, sorry. Uh friend hi- of the show. Highlighted some of the people who went to Shark's Pride Night. I thought it was uh very sweet and it showed she just chronicled like people who really appreciate these Pride Nights and who attended from uh faraway locations. Like she is uh this group came from Reno. Uh, which is in Nevada. And then there's uh, Nessa here. And they all brought their flags and their signs. And they're very happy just to see the jerseys and celebrate with the other people in the building. And these Pride Nights, they mean a lot to people. Uh, I I love uh, Kieran, an an older gentleman. He played for the San Francisco earthquake since the 90s and has played in the gay games. And uh, he said, I feel like it's important having a safe space for people to feel... Free to completely identify and completely be who they are, and be inclusive with our allies. And he has a signed uh, Sharks Pride jersey, and he's holding up, uh, holding it up. And he's a very nice gentleman. It's it's just a nice thread where she just highlights, hey, these Pride nights mean a lot to people. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely. There you
2: go. Um. Okay. So I think you know the 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 one thing that 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 has become more and more of a question is. Uh, uh, will they even continue? And that's going to be an open question. And I think what's interesting, as it currently stands, is that I don't know. There's very many people at the talk that can directly say that their experience is one of firsthand. Um, and so the way the NHL handles this going forward is going to be very interesting. But they are going to have to do something.
1: I th- I think um, a lot of the teams just are going to do away with the jerseys. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's one thing when, uh, you have a pride night and it's pride night, but there's no jerseys. I think it's another thing when there's a pride night and you promise jerseys and then you take the jerseys away.
2: Right. Like the Leafs have never done the jerseys.
1: Right. Mm. Um, so like the exact same thing could happen to the Leafs or to your team, but we don't know because they haven't done it. Mm -hmm. Um, but they've never promised it right so it's it's one thing if you never promise something it's another when you do and then you take it away
0: james reimer was asked about the jerseys and him participating previously with pride tape and he said that uh the jerseys are were more in your face and the the pride tape wasn't uh he was asked that that post game so
1: that was a very so, odd line to draw yeah like it it was. any any like signed pride pucks mm-hmm. like people were posting that's a very It's an odd line to draw Mm -hmm. and I don't think you need to think he's a bad person in order to think he's wrong here. Um, I think people are nuanced. I had a lot of people sending me anecdotes of, uh, you know, good things that, that he did and, and time that he gave people. And I I don't think that's ever been in question though. No, I think people are complicated. Yeah. Right. Sometimes good people do questionable things and. Questionable people do good things. And yeah, welcome to life, man. <laughs> Something I, like I would
2: uh, highly recommend you look up is uh, Daniel Wagner, Pass it to Bullis, Um, who uh, obviously has had a, uh, um, a major part of been a major part of Canucks Twitter. I think we mentioned Pass it to Bulus on like our first episode ever. Like it was been, been around a long, a long, long time. And Daniel himself talked about how uh, he, he, he characterized himself as a passive homophobic Christian like James Reimer. And I highly suggest you check out the thread. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But uh, basically, um, he talks about how it took time to change his views and why he came to that conclusion. Uh, well worth the read. Well worth the read. And um, uh, a good story to come out of this. So, you know, like Steve said, we're, we're not going to let James Reimer hijack this. Big shout out to the um, to the Sharks for the way they handled the, the, the social media through this and, and the the facts that they were putting out, I thought that was good. Logan Couture Logan, was awesome. Logan Couture. Brian abs- Burke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there are definitely places that we need more from. Like, You Can Play has not even issued a statement, um, which is... They haven't? No.
1: I wonder if they look at Burke releasing a statement as their statement.
2: Okay, maybe. Hmm. Um, As of least of this recording. No. Not, not that... Yeah. So you know they they
1: retweeted it yeah so So they probably do
2: yeah yeah it's just it you know it's it's the uh it's the same old stuff so why don't we move on to why don't we move to the hockey thing unless you guys want to cover the nazim cadre thing that james slipped in there as well
1: oh jesus christ no i think um i think uh, naz is probably Mm. gonna get asked about it and it'll no no
0: yeah it felt like a guy who was uh grasping it strong yeah he was, he was drowning and, and reaching for the uh, surface and any kind of air
2: you don't need us to comment on this i'll read you the quote okay in in toronto Nazim kadri as a teammate loved him to death i don't know exactly to the extent of his faith his muslim, muslim faith but he's a muslim i think you could talk to him and ask him if i treated him any different i love him I competed with him on the ice. We joked around. We did life together. And yet people would understand if I uh, wouldn't wear a Muslim jersey in warm-ups, promoting the Muslim faith, being a Christian and a follower of Christ. He himself would fully understand that. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's, and, and, th- and this is the thing. You, you, you do feel like it's right around the corner. Like I I do feel like he's one of those guys. I want to believe that he's one of those guys that eventually gets there. I want to believe that we can all be there.
1: That's my hope. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'll end with a lot of people are like, what, like, did you actually, did you seriously not think that he thought these things? I don't know. I, I don't assume things about anyone. Um, you know, yeah, he's a devout Christian. Lots of people are. Lots and of people, lots of people
2: don't have a problem with this.
1: Yep. Lots of devout people within their faith, uh, don't have a problem with pride night or wearing a jersey. So no, I didn't assume that.
2: Yeah. This isn't a, this isn't a, uh, religion thing. It's a, your interpretation of it.
1: It's not an anti-Christianity thing either. Absolutely not. Which a lot of people I'll try to turn that. it into. Oh, stop that. And would, and... come on, get
2: out of here with that. Yeah. That's nonsense. I'm,
1: I said what I had
2: to say. Yep. So watch the LFR to check it out. It's an uncomfortable subject, but listen, if we don't get a little uncomfortable here, we're not going to move forward as a society. We're not going to solve these problems. Um, and everybody is tired of this coming up. You're tired? We're all tired. We're tired. So let's move on. Let's talk about the games. This weekend, the Leafs took on, I think, two formidable oppo- uh, uh, opponents. Now, Leaf fans were giving me shit about saying Ottawa was a key matchup for them, but I, th- I think they were. And that's a huge win. I well exactly. But we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. I, okay, so the first one
1: is Canes five to Friday night. So the Leafs rested at home. Was it at home? Yeah, it was the St. Pat's game. Um they should win that game. All things equal. Um, you hope they win that game. The Canes don't have
2: Svechnikov.
1: Well, that that too, but they're not gonna have him for the rest of the season, yeah. right? And yeah. Leafs don't have O'Reilly. I don't I don't know if that's the same, but you know. It's professional sports. Everyone's missing someone, right? It's, it's rare that you're not. So I took far more from the Leafs beating, uh, another top team in the standings, like fairly handily, um, than I did from the next night where the Sens kind of caved them in, mm-hmm. but the Leafs, uh, pulled off the win anyway. Um, huge win, huge win in Carolina or er, against Carolina. <laughs>
2: Well, I think, you know, obviously, there's always the, um, the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes are ahead of them in the standings, or at least were. Are. Um, and the fact that Carolina should be, and they're rarely talked about because there's bigger markets that are taking up the oxygen like the New York Rangers. But the Carolina Hurricanes are a perennial, they should probably get to the Eastern Conference favorite. They, and and each, each year, it's the second round and out.
1: It's, they have a lot of similarities with Colorado. Um, Colorado was second round and out, and then they finally got over the hump last year. So if I'm Carolina, I try to take some lessons from that. Washington was that team for a long time too. So teams do get out of this purgatory.
2: What do you like about the way the Leafs played in the 5-2 is a pretty significant win?
1: Yeah. Um, there was some, there was production from lower in the lineup. Fourth line got the first goal of the game. Uh, I think it was Achari Mm -hmm. and then he got hurt. Because of course.
2: By the way, he has no, uh, the Leafs are saying he did not sustain a concussion. He was just held out of the lineup just because.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, Then they get uh, their top right winger going up against the Hurricanes' top right winger, or at least top scorer in uh, Marty Nietzsche's Mm -hmm. and just burning him, making him look like an absolute pylon. And then the third goal was a little bit of luck Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you put yourself in a position to succeed. You putting yourself in a position to have a puck go off. Yeah. And, uh, they did. And they got a little bit of goaltending. The defense was nice. Luke Shen with that big hit on Aho, Yeah. Give me a little bit more of that. Luke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, it was just a, like a complete win. Um, you're listen, you're probably not going to run the hurricanes out of the building and they didn't, but they were, I thought the better team for the vast majority of the game.
2: Sam Sinoff. um, Went on, I think it was IR the next day because Wool and Wool came up because Samsonov's wife, I believe, is either giving birth or has given birth to a child.
1: Yeah, they said which is
2: crazy. That's crazy timing for them. That's a lot. It's a lot mid hockey oh, season know. for for them. So wish them the best.
1: They they said it was a little combination of he's battling some things and uh, his wife is about to give birth. They just started a five game road trip mm-hmm. or were going to after this Carolina thing. Um, so yeah, man. Take as much time as you need. Take so the
4: a you,
2: week. So you go back to back with travel, but it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an, an hour flight. It's
1: manageable travel. Manageable it's still tra- a pain in the ass.
2: And so you're going to Ottawa and you're playing the Sens the next night. The reason I think it was a key matchup for the Leafs is because it was a character matchup. You're going on second half of a back to back against the team that regularly embarrasses the Leafs.
1: Yes, uh, in Ottawa. And it was, I mean, maybe Sheldon Keefe's greatest challenge all season. Um, because you went with the Slurpee lineup, 7-11, and then you play the final 40 minutes with 10 forwards because Achari's out, like half the lineup played like career highs, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, you're forced to go with this weird Franken lineup of 12-6. You have four guys who didn't play the night before, including your goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he had to do a lot of managing of that bench. That I think the Sens <laughs> killed the Leafs in terms of shots on goals uh, or on goal because uh, that line that that lineup to me wasn't built to thrive. No, I mean it, it was it, built it, to see, survive. It,
2: yeah, it was built to like let's just get through this. Let's
1: that was not the Leafs it.
2: presenting their best.
1: No, they they won.
2: They won, but it wasn't them presenting their best lineup.
1: No, I couldn't believe it, and like. Of the 52 shots Matt Murray faced, he made some great saves, but like it never really felt like he was getting hung out.
2: I did think he was positionally sound and I thought the Leafs defense was at least clearing rebounds most of the time.
1: And there were a lot.
2: Yes. Well, there are 52 shots. Yeah.
1: yeah there's, there's, it's been a bit of a problem this season. The, the rebound control, whether it's Murray or Samsonov in net, but they've done a much better job of. Uh, clearing them and and maybe the new strategy because I know their numbers haven't looked great recently. Uh, maybe this team is evolving into a team that gives up a little bit uh, more shots than they used to, but fewer scoring chances ideally. okay, ideal. But still, okay.
2: we're fifth, we're we're um, 30 minutes into the game and there was 30 shots against.
1: It was bad. You can't do that. well that that I think a lot is uh, is the Sens doing um and the leafs didn't meet them which which i thought was interesting the sens were just as good offensively as they are just as good defensively sorry as they were offensively they didn't give the leafs any time any space they were skating them uh into the ice and i think dj smith and the sens hope was that the leafs would try to keep up with them and tire themselves out so they'd be softened up in the Sens could beat them in the later half of the game. Leafs didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, it resulted in them getting outshot into oblivion, but they actually kind of got better as the night went. I thought.
2: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I want to say, good game for Matt Murray. Positionally sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even knocked the post off. That's how you know he's on fire. Oh, yeah. And the ref um, gave him a little talking to. Yeah, but he's, he, he needed, especially after that Edmonton game, where he clearly was not in it from the start, even though they won, that to me is like, okay, that's a good backup. That's a good backup performance. He's the backup.
1: Yeah, he's, listen, he's overpaid. Sure. Uh, I don't think, but
2: does it, like, anyone care at four million? Is anybody that bothered by it? It's fine.
1: It's fine. It's fine. And so now he's on this weird streak of consecutive games, giving up uh, four goals or more. I I didn't see anyone bring that stat up, though. Wow. well, because not all four games are equal. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He, he faced a shitload of rubber. He did. In that one. And like the goals too. Like the the, the se- second goal where it was like it, the the deflection. That was the first one. Oh, that was the first one. That was the first. So it goes off a of Goche's <laughs> skate. I've never <laughs> seen someone like donkey kick it with their heel, have it go up and over the goalie. Mm-hmm. And then the game tying goal, I think it was, it was one of Brady Kachuk's goals, uh, was the the goal that I always allow in Chell where I crouch block and I'm like, yes, I did good defensively and the puck goes straight to another guy. So and yeah. like, so Murray's out of position for that um, and McCabe gives it away, but neither is their fault.
2: I got a couple questions about overtime in the shootout. Okay. Guys, these are Sheldon Keeve questions. If Sheldon were here, I'd be asking him this. Okay. Why, it, why are you starting overtime when you have overwhelming talent compared to the senators as it's not that's not a, a i'm not trashing the senators the leafs are seven years into this development program the senators are probably two or three mm-hmm. right the, the leafs have far and away the best firepower of the two teams despite what senators twitter thought last summer and i am just curious as to why gaining possession off the start in overtime is not important to the toronto maple leafs why are you starting Kampf, Marner Lillegrin?
1: Because Kampf they think, is their best chance of getting the puck. Yeah. Right? Um, and But also...
2: Matthews so, is over 50% on, a, on, a, on, a, on his faceoffs.
1: So I do think that's fair. That's fair to point out that the Leafs are one of the best face-off teams in the All league. of them are good at it. And they shouldn't be worried about sending anyone out there. They, they should be able to send Matthews, Tavares, Camp, even Lafferty. Um, yeah, yeah, should, he was good. They should be able to send out there. They they shouldn't be, uh, O'Reilly, if they really wanted to, they, they shouldn't be afraid of sending anybody out there. But I I think what's interesting about the Leafs in overtime is they don't care about the pace. Um, I think the strategy used to just be throw your three fastest guys out there, followed by the next three fastest guys. They don't care about pace. The Leafs like to play it nice and slow now in overtime, and they've had to completely change their strategy because I saw they're not fast anymore either no at least they're not a fast team not overwhelmingly but like I saw that their record on the season in overtime was six and seven which is miraculous because they started I think one and six yes yeah so which means they're doing really good recently so this whole thing of starting camp and either two defensemen or it it doesn't matter I think they've settled on camp Lilligren Marner it's worked. It's worked. And we were on the phone for the first one. That was the night I broke my nose.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, so, but, we were on the phone but for here's, the first one. But here's the thing with that is it didn't work. It did not work uh, against the, the Senators. Season. Because what happened was Ottawa gained possession and the Leafs couldn't get it back. Yeah, but no, the, other way,
0: the other way didn't work for the beginning portion of the season. Like, I know, we've but seen I Matthews, a- Marner, Riley a million times to start the Well, year. we
2: can slow the pace. But still have the more talented players out there. There's no, to me, there's no excuse. I don't, I don't. To have those, not got, you put
0: Matthews out there to start overtime. End of story. Yeah, but they did that and then it didn't work. And then it became a running gag that you were like, they could start anybody else. And then they did that and it's been working. So why would you go away from what's working when they did what you tried and it didn't work? I also Because they were trying to go... It was the pacing that was the issue, right? They were trying to go too fast.
1: I think the way that overtime went was by design, by the way. And it wasn't that they were too fast. It's what happens with speed when you're going north, south, north, south, north, south. If you're going as fast as you, not just exhausted, but you go as fast as you can north, you turn it over and it's that much harder to stop and go the other way. Which the Leafs kept getting caught, kept giving up two and three on ones and two on O's and breakaways and everything. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, they've slowed the entire pace down. So when their guys do get caught out there, camp was caught out there for a long shift. Lilligren was caught out there for a long shift. Matthews was caught out there for a long shift. Tavares was caught out there for a long shift. What they do is, yeah, those guys are tired. They're not as tired as they might've been. And they're also not giving up the rush chances that they were. Because even though the Sens were managing the puck really well, they still weren't getting what they wanted.
2: Right. And the Leafs weren't getting anything either. No, and then you're going to the shootout rely... where the Leafs are terrible.
1: Yes. Well, they won. <laughs> they did have to rely on one really good save from Murray, if I remember correct.
2: Okay. And that's fair and over time you're going to expect that. Then right. I then we get to the shootout. And I I'm 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 picking at Sheldon Keefe here because uh because sometimes you know when you're uh when you Love somebody, they're the, they're the one you're the hardest on. Okay. So we go in overtime. <laughs> he starts rightly with William Nyland. Yep. And then he goes, sorry, this is a shootout. Nylander, and then it goes Matthews, yep. and then it goes Marner. Nylander, Matthews, convert. Marner goes next. So then the rules, if. If I interpreted them the right way, is that you can put out anybody. If you're tied after the third round no, of shootout, no,
0: no, no. That's you international. To, so, yeah, so what do you, what,
2: what is the rule? No one can come back. No, out. no, you get one, you get one go. So if it goes through the entire team, you can't do anybody.
0: It, no, then f- yes.
1: So, so I bring this game up all the time, but because it, it's unprecedented. So I was at a 21 round shootout when I worked for the Mississauga Steelheads. Okay. And both oh, goalies were standing on their brain. I think Spencer Martin. Might oh yeah have, I, okay, think, I think cool. he might have been the goalie for the steelheads can't remember the other one it was against london though and um shooter 18 goes for both teams and they don't score and everyone in the building goes uh, goalies we oh, wanted the goalies to go that would have <laughs> been cool but, but like we're all sitting there like <clears throat> who goes next mm-hmm. and the answer was the first shooter.
0: Yeah, you're back up to the top. It's Baseball lineup, you know? You're back to one.
1: So the one, the one thing I, we didn't, I think, get confirmation on is if once you have to go back through the lineup, are you allowed to change the order? If I remember that shootout correctly, they didn't. So they had shooters one, two, and three uh-huh. for, for both teams. And then shooters 19, 20, and 21 were shooters one, two, and three.
2: So here's a question then. Yeah. When I go to a hockey game, and I have to sit through a shootout, which I'm liking less and less. Do I want to see a shootout goal from Justin Hall? <laughs> or do I want to see a shootout goal from the guy I own a jersey by? Wh- wh- no. which is Matthews what Martyr, if you own Andy hall Leonard. Jersey? Un- unless see, I'm, unless I'm his dad, unless I'm his dad, I don't own a hall jersey. And, and, and it's nothing against Justin Hall specifically in this instance, and nothing against Alex Kerfoot's goal. I saw a lot of people going, you know, Terrific. putting out like, this changes nothing. Like, uh, <laughs> like, to me, like, I'm happy, but I'm still mad at you. Um, you know, it's, it's great that he scored, and that's awesome. But I didn't come here to see Alex Kerfoot. I didn't spend $300 on a Leafs ticket to see Alex Kerfoot take a shootout goal. I want what three about guys. Bobby McMahon. Bobby McMahon would have been a good story. Yeah. And you know what? He almost got a couple, eh? Yeah. He was close. Oh man, I really like that. But player. I just—I feel like you should be able to just roll your stars out there. That's my point.
1: In the Af- after three, yeah, like go to international. You rules? Think or no?
2: Am I wrong? I
1: think it's fine. I think roll it's fine. Roll the stars, guys. We gotta we gotta build these guys up a little bit. I think the biggest problem with the shootout is it's not overtime. Yeah, that's the biggest problem I had with it.
2: CJ was talking about that last week. Did you guys catch that discussion? Yeah, with The GM well, meetings thing. Yeah, where it was they were looking at it going to seven minutes, and just do it. And well. But, okay, so here's what'll happen though. If you do that, then teams are just
1: gonna—they're
2: just gonna dead puck it. They're no, just they're gonna not.
1: pass it around the back. That's why they're only adding two minutes. That's why they're only adding two minutes. Come on,
0: a, a lot of people forget that. Overtime, it used to be five on five, and then it was four on four, and yeah. then it was three on three. Like, they've made edits to this, and it's only gotten better, so why wouldn't we continue to make edits and make it better?
2: Well, I, 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 I'm cool with that, but what I think will motivate them, this two minutes isn't going to motivate you to, to play any harder. You know, you have sudden death overtime. How about death overtime? As in, if it's a tie at the, the, uh, at the end of the fourth period, nobody gets a point.
1: No, they've already... Oh! Ho, 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 ho. Now that
2: would fire you the fuck up.
1: Both teams you lose? You skated for
2: 60 minutes, and nobody gets a point. If you don't win overtime, you're going to try to win overtime.
1: That is a fascinating concept. I'm not the one that came up with it, but I am going to pump those tires until it happens. You know what? Worst case scenario happens just because you suggested it. So here's what's going to happen. The second wildcard team is going to go up against the team beneath them. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get the puck uh-huh. and they're just going to do laps. Yeah.
2: But then here's the funny thing is uh, the, then, then, uh, then it'll go to like goals four or something like no. they'll, they'll both
1: die no, and then they'll no. go to goals four. same <laughs> amount of regulation wins and goals for and it's <laughs> going to be like you ever seen those clips of uh, like professional competitive tag. It's going to be that it's going to be chasing them.
2: I don't think I've ever seen professional but competitive tag. Is it's it good?
1: wild. Well, because it's basically like fast parkour Oh, against someone. Okay. Imagine doing parkour, but you're being chased by someone who's also good at parkour. Parkour! (laughs) Yeah. Okay. When they were
0: testing out the overtime rules to implement them in the NHL, the AHL actually went to seven minutes for the 14-15 season. They were seven minutes, three-on-three. And the ECHL right now is seven minutes, three-on-three. So there's, there's like precedence in leagues right now and in the past i want to see what those results are and it's like okay do games end quicker like we don't have to guess there are actual real world professional hockey players who went on to graduate to the nhl who have played under these rules so i don't know just go sit and look at those gms and if it's better then move to that Mm -hmm. how many teams
1: in the nhl and i'm gonna look this up right now also
0: adam you saying the leafs aren't good in shootouts they've been in three shootouts but they and haven't good. been good in the last few years. I'm talking, I'm grading on a curve. From what
2: I remember, they were not,
1: it's not their greatest. It's not their <laughs> strength. So here's the good news about three on three overtime. And even better news for going to seven minutes. How many teams in the NHL have played in 10 or more shootouts this
0: season? Zero.
1: 10? Jesse says zero. 10 or more shootouts?
0: Zero. Jesse says zero. 10's a lot.
1: I don't know. One. Really? Yeah. I'll give you a clue. Jared Spurgeon is their captain. (laughs) (laughs) The lightning. I don't believe I've heard of (laughs) him. I don't know who that
0: that is. The
1: Minnesota Wild. So they've already done like a pretty good job of like eliminating this thing. Yeah. I think seven minutes just pushes the, the dagger. A look at the in.
0: Islanders; they've been absolutely royally fucked by the shootout. Oh my
1: god! Yeah, it could cost them their season. They're yeah. zero and five
0: on a on a coin toss. Ooh, that's, event. A, that's 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 not great. Sucks. That's five sucks. full points.
1: They're you know? oh man, the Kraken are zero and three. That that could be costly. The Oilers are zero and four. So all three of those teams that are in like pretty heated playoff battles have not won a shootout game. That's kind of wild. Yeah, the Islanders are the top wild card in the East. The Oilers are eh, they're they're in a divisional playoff spot in the Pacific, and then the Kraken though are in the top wild card spot in the West. That
0: Oilers one is so weird. Why? Oh, and four the Oilers. They should. They oh, I you know. Think, I know. You think having McDavid and well, Tietol and show, Hyman and bullshit. Kane, yeah,
2: like yeah, it's not fuck. really indicative of a skill in the game. No. What was it? Who was the, like the shootout master? Was it UC Jokinen? UC Jokinen. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking, like, man, Leaf should just sign him so they can win all their shootouts. It'd be worth like ten points. Yeah. Datsuk was unreal. Yeah, Oshie
0: because of the Olympics that was. unreal. Oh. yeah, but
1: Datsuk was a first liner. This is y- Jokinen was one of like there might be like three dudes ever who were like. Designated eight minute a night fourth line skill guys mm-hmm. like who, couldn't he do
2: he could kill penalties too right wasn't UC that
1: nice? I can't remember wasn't he was he a leaf for a cup of coffee I know Oli Jokinen was
2: yeah not UC I don't know if UC was yeah I wanted UC. Oli was Oli was past Oli's prime when he was a leaf thing so here's so I guess in summation good weekend for the Leafs yeah. I think I think the leaf fans that continue to downplay the Ottawa Senators. Listen, I'm I'm gonna be the first one on this show to say they suck and they're not gonna make the playoffs this year. But that's a really good team. They always no matter how shitty they are, they played the Leafs well. And it's hockey night in Canada in their building on a Saturday night. Don't tell me that's not an important matchup for both teams. Huge Don't matchup.
4: Tell
1: me that. Huge Bullshit. matchup for both teams. And I tell you what, the Sens decor looks so garbage
0: at the beginning of the season. Well look okay now. Jacob
1: Chicken really ties that room together.
0: I thought it was I thought when Jacob Chickren's in their lineup, I'm like, "Is that what they need?" Why?: I thought they need somebody who's a little better on the defensive end. I think def- defense was uh, something they've struggled with all season, and I think is their downfall right now, because you, they, they're so fast and they can score and they can get the shots on goal. Oh yeah. I like can demonstrate it. Do you maybe needed somebody who's uh, more uh, reliant on the defensive end than Jacob Chickens. You need talent.
1: They didn't have talent. Mm -hmm. So they have talent. Now I look at that left side, Shabbat, uh, Chikrin, Jake Sanderson. Mm -hmm. So tell you what, get a dude who does that on the right. That's kind of how Tampa won the cup in the bubble. You looked at their left side and you're like, Jesus Christ. um, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev. Outrageous. Mm -hmm. And who was their right side? It was like a banged up Eric Cernak who didn't even play all the games. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Shen, Zach Bogosian. Yep. I think Yan Ruda was injured, so I don't know if he even played.
0: He got into a, we talked about it on, on Asia Proctor. He we got did. into a couple games, but he was scratched for a little bit of it. Yeah.
1: Right. And like Cernak, th- this was like pre, we really knew who, he, how good he was Cernak. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was this crazy left side and just sort of piecemeal on the right side. So I, I think the Sens can build something like that. They got a real good left side.
0: Fun. And their captain, Jared Spurgeon. That's right.
1: Shut up. The captain of us all.
0: Yeah. Really? He's the captain of 31 NHL teams. <laughs> but not the Minnesota <laughs> not Wild. not the
1: Minnesota Wild. No, <laughs> oh, they're captain, captain of the
0: Devils. Uh,
2: captain of the Bruins. Something I want to talk about coming up here <laughs> is the Philadelphia Flyers and the under the radar drama that you might've missed. I am blown away by this story. It has to do with what happened when Chuck was fired and Daniel Brier was hired. Not, not what has to do with Daniel Brier's son this time. Yeah. Um, the flyers sound like they're an absolute mess at the top. They're definitely a mess on the bottom, but it sounds like the mess on the bottom, surprise, surprise may have started at the top. And i <laughs> cannot wait to get into this story with you guys but first we gotta have dave on who is back from punta Cana.
0: you can dave that you can bet that with david Bastel. brought to you by sports interaction get in the action and make a play 19 plus please play responsibly
2: dave is back from punta Cana. dave how was the vacation
3: Fantastic. Plus 30 temperatures every single night, even when I was watching the Jets struggle away on the other side of the world. Yeah, it was a rough week for
2: the Jets. But you know what? They missed you in town. I think that's what it was.
3: (laughs) I think that's probably what it was. I think you're right. Also, I I love
2: it when Dave Dave says the temperature because it sounds like it's an odd. Plus 30. You know, I felt yeah. like it I felt like Dave that you you're right back into this. Now, uh we got the Islanders. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know it took a little bit for everybody to get that. Uh the Islanders play the Leafs tomorrow night as of this recording on the 21st. Got a lot of former friends on the Islanders. Steve named them all right now. Go.
1: Uh Matt Martin, Pierre Engvall, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Oh,
2: yeah, that's true. And then and then one more. John Tavares counts as a former friend. Oh, right, that's right. Oh,
3: hey, you're on. You're so on, what, so yeah. what we
2: got here for these? Because um, obviously you got Pierre and Matt to score a goal. And the Matt Marie odds are pretty, or sorry, Matt Martin odds are pretty good. 650 to one. But um, I want to talk about the Tavares prop on this one, because this is a good one.
3: Yep. Fire away. Uh, you have those numbers, oh, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> to score
2: two or more points versus the Islanders, it's yep. a yes at 2.37. Oh. Would you take it? Two, two or more. Why not? Has he played
1: well against the Islanders, though? Hmm. Yes. Okay. He has, actually. Except for just, that one mm-hmm. game. The first game, and maybe the second, I can't remember, was really bad, and that's sort of colored our perception strangely, but the Leafs have actually done really well against the Islanders, in the Tavares Leaf era,
2: uh, we also got an Ontario-born Josh Bailey from Durham Region,
1: out near Steve. Yes. played
2: uh, for the Jennies. That's right. Now he is a five to one to score against the Leafs.
1: Oh dear!
2: Do you take it? Do you take it?
1: I mean, I don't take it out of principle, but <laughs> <laughs> if I did, I'd probably win money. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, and, and Dave, the last one, and this one I think is specifically for Jesse, but you go ahead. We love Willie. It what is. is it? What do we got? Yeah, oh, go. so,
3: well, you know what? At the beginning of the year, you know, Jess threw it down, so we, we accepted, and now it's, it's kind of gotten a little interesting. So, William Nylander, 35 goals, Austin Matthews, 32 goals, and the bet was, Will Willie lead the team in goal scoring right now yes is a 134 but i'm kind of looking at the no right now because it's three to one exactly. no does, does I already took does, austin matthews turn it up because he's starting to
0: the answer is no he will not because willie's just gonna keep up his pace this is a 40 goal season for william nylander and austin matthews because of his injuries and everything that's been nagging him and he might only get 40 he might he might <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna lag a little behind okay this okay. is yes it's he's got on he's though.
3: got himself into this conversation though right uh, sure it
0: doesn't mean he's gonna win you <laughs> see how defensive he is
3: hey.
1: he's not happy about he's this in
0: time i know how
3: about i don't know this why one? we brought
2: this
1: up <laughs> how about this one a suggestion 40 goals both willie austin or neither of them i want that one i want
3: the odds. i'll take that back oh. okay I'll, that's an I'll interesting tell you one
1: yeah. I'll take double that back 40.
3: to my group, and, and we'll present next uh, later on this week. All right. All right. Yeah, Let's do that. Yeah. That's amazing. 40-goal club. Yeah. I'll take the Yo. double 40 on that. Thank you. Dave, we know you're
2: fighting Nicole, but we do really appreciate making <laughs> the appearance because we missed you last week, sir, but we'm glad you enjoyed the vacation. I'm sorry about the Jets. But happy for the I'm New not. York Jets because it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to go
3: there. Uh, welcome, number 12. Bring on the page. <laughs> you don't
2: want that. Yes, he does. You don't yes, want he that. does. It can't be worse than what they've had.
3: It's true. Yeah. And we've had
1: nothing. Yeah.
2: So, this Flyers story I've been fascinated with. And I'm going to shout out Flyers Nation um, uh, on Twitter. Uh, so, Marcus Hayes. Of the Philadelphia Inquirer reported today, which was last Friday, that Dave Scott, who's the prez?
1: Brother of Michael.
2: That's right. Uh, didn't consult Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, or Bill Barber before last week's events, and last week's event would be firing Chuck Fletcher. All three of them would not have approved of firing Fletcher or promoting Daniel Brier. Dave Scott knew this, so he didn't ask. Danny Briere was, quote, always an interloper, despite following Chuck around for the past year. All four of them did not comment on the article. So uh, the reason that I find this fascinating is because of a, a snippet from 32 Thoughts from the other week where Elliot Friedman said, what the Flyers would do is they would agree on a thing as a group. So let's say I've got an idea and Jesse and Steve go, great, that sounds awesome then Jesse and Steve go and text all the other people that they know around the league and go, we're about to do this and it sucks and I can't believe we agreed
1: to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you pointed that out because that was the first thing I thought of immediately. So there's people in your organization who don't like the decisions that are going on Mm -hmm. and they're telling people about it, Mm -hmm. distancing themselves from the decisions that you're making for the organization. And then you fire Chuck Fletcher and that information that they didn't know gets out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got, you got some guys to fire there, Dave.
2: Well, so according to, uh, to Mark's article, the sports wing of parent company Comcast Spectator had a chance to ignore the three wise men, Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, and Bill Barber, all former players and front office executives now ensconced as, quote, senior advisors. Uh, All those guys, I believe, have been general managers of the Flyers, along with latecomer Dean Lombardi. CEO Dave Scott had a chance to fire Chuck Fletcher and promote someone from outside the organization. (laughs) This is how Marcus writes it. CEO Dave Scott had the chance to fire general manager Chuck Fletcher and promote someone from outside the Flyers' inbred bloodlines. Ideally, someone who would deviate from the incestuous progressions that ruined a once proud hockey club. As it turns out, Scott did just that. Uh, Scott fired Fletcher on his own, according to two league sources. Then he named Danny Briere interim general manager again on his own. Breer is expected to have an interim tag removed at the end of the season, according to a league source. But wait, Breer wore the orange and black, right? So same old, same old. Wrong. Breer might be a former flyer, but he's cl- and he's close to Holmgren, but he is no golden child of these three wise men. In 17, Holmgren sent him to run the Spectators ECHL team in Maine. Uh, but it was Valerie Camillo, president of Spectators Sports Wing, who in 2020 sent Briere to uh, Wharton School of Finance at the University of Pennsylvania, which is something uh, of a GM factory. Briere has spent the last year or so tailing Fletcher, but he was always, quote, an interloper. So it sounds to me like there's a couple of things happening here. You've got somebody in ownership, somebody at Comcast who must believe that Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, uh, and Bill Barber, along with, I guess, Dean Lombardi, serve a valuable purpose. Then you have a CEO who reports directly to ownership who does not.
1: Oh, so if someone with Comcast really values the three of their opinion, uh, Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, and sorry, who's the third? Dean uh, Lombardi. Bill Barber. Oh, Bill Barber. Lombardi
2: is the new, but he never played for them. That's why they call Bill Barber sure. dead, right? He's sure. Shemp. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's Shemp. So there's Curly, Larry, and Mo. Yeah. And Dean Lombardi is Shemp. Right. And um, like, so shouldn't that person at Comcast be furious?
0: I it sounds like Dave Scott's fed up and he's finally doing what's right.
2: Well, it seems like, that, I mean, that is his job, right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, it is his job.
0: And
1: that's a lot of cooks in that kitchen.
0: It is. Yeah, somebody it, needs to make a decision. It sounds like Dave Scott's just like, okay, I'm fed up with this. This organization's clearly not going the correct du- uh, direction. Let me make some decisions here.
1: Yeah, what's what's that saying? Paralysis through analysis. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It sounded like a dude who had authority to do his job did his job. Did it. <laughs> and like you shouldn't ignore the other people in your organization. and You also just you don't want a collection of yes men. I don't. I don't if think-
2: you're a consultant, though. And so it's a consultant's relationship to the CEO or an executive consultant is if the CEO
0: needs your counsel, he'll come to you. He didn't didn't need it. So like Dave Scott's like, hey, I want to fire Chuck Fletcher and I have the power to, so I'm going to do it. So pat on the back for him.
1: I had a great conversation. Hey, me, do you want to fire (laughs) Chuck? (laughs)
3: Yes, me, I think you should. And that's what he ended up doing. Okay,
1: so let me ask you this though.
2: The three wise men, what does this remind you of? Uh... Christmas. Does this not stink no. of 2012,
1: 2013,
2: 2014 Toronto Maple Leafs? I, I. Quad Those teams. Dave Poulin. Yeah. Dave Nonis. And nothing against any of them personally. But there was a lot of former players. We should go get this guy going on.
1: There were, th- those teams drove me to drink on camera. Uh, this feels worse. What's going on in Philly? Well, I'm not saying the team is in a worse position because I don't think they are.
2: It's the it's the leaf equivalent of Doug Gilmore, Matt Sundin and Daryl Sittler saying like literally, you know, being like, we're in charge
1: now. It reminds me a little of the kind of early days of McDavid Oilers without McDavid. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, it's not great, man. It's not great. Or maybe the pre McDavid Oilers Mm -hmm. without all the first overall picks not working. All of them.
2: Um, This is what Marcus goes on to say. He said, there's no way the Flyers will unceremoniously uh, defrock their most respected elders. I love the way this guy writes.
1: Defrock.
2: But they have stopped listening to them, finally. And then Briere told 97.5 The Fanatic, home of of chicken shit in the broom. um, (laughs) It's not the Broad Street Bullies from the 70s and 80s. Uh, Briere watched dismayed as Fletcher and the wise men kept grasping at straws as the barn burned down. Uh, That's him paraphrasing in there. And then Briere said, we were trying to do some patchwork instead of
0: facing the truth. Woo. i just want to know what show he went on did he go on cousin chunas i don't know. did he go on <laughs> can't the Anthony that's Gargano a real show?
2: all we know is it's 97
0: uh that's, five, that's the, the station that's our that's is the, it where we have beef with yeah gabba and the ghoul <laughs> i have no idea i gotta i gotta listen to cousin chunas on the podcast yeah. today on my way home as i do every day never miss an episode
2: <laughs> we're still what's that guy's name that called in again
0: Cameron, 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 he called into the Anthony
1: Gargano show. Cameron, where are you? Why have you never reached out? Um, Cameron, we want you to come on the show to tell us what you think the Flyers should do. I, I actually do <laughs> want to know.
2: Uh, um,
1: Phones are open.
2: Let's go. It's uh, <laughs> open. phone. Um, Marcus ends the article with even heroes have their flaws. Even heroes fade away. Damn. I this is going to be a very interesting summer for the Flyers. I wonder, though, because like, you would think Tortorella's safe, but with a new GM in and a completely different view on like, is, is John Tortorella known for developing young talent? Not really. I and don't, they're going to have a lot of young talent in the next three years.
1: I guess I don't understand John Tortorella's role in all this because it always felt like a little Glengarry Glen Ross, like he's there on a mission of mercy. It never really felt like he was the long-term guy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am kind of tired of hearing about his philosophies on his little pulpit. but like i'm I'm interested to see what Tortorella could do with a flyers' team that's any good.
0: I think it's going to be a very similar situation to Iserman in Detroit, where Jeff Blaschel was there for all those years. And oh. then when it when he's like, okay, Let's, let's get who to got winning here. a worse deal than him? You know, I'm going to bring in Derek Lalonde. I'm going to get a guy who I want. And I feel like Daniel Breyer is going to be there for a number of years with John Tortorella. And then when it's time, he's going to go get a head coach that he actually wants. But John, Torell, John Tortorella is a great holding position right now, just as how Jeff Blasho was, unfortunately. And eventually he's going to be fired and he's going to bring in the guy he wants.
1: It's it's Tortorella was there to sort of weed through, again, to compare it to the Leafs. There was 15-16, where it was all about finishing last. But then there was 14-15, which was all about figuring out who needs to go. Who's got to go? Um, who can and can't do this? And there, the answer was the vast majority of the team. <laughs> but it's actually kind of wild like when you think back to that 16-17 year with the Leafs. How much? How, how many guys from those horrible years with the Leafs stuck around? Bozak was a part of that team. Scored an overtime winner. Um,
0: JVR was once. there. He just it, whatever. <laughs> it was a big one. <laughs> right. It was a, it was against Washington. More do no, it yeah. OT winners than
1: most guys.
0: No, you just, just said one time. He scored he an overtime winner, just not specifying like it an important oh, one. Jesse, you're right. So was, that any, was it game fifty six? <laughs>
1: In the playoffs, <laughs> and I assume everyone has my memory for random goals. Okay. Okay.
0: Bozak scored once.
1: He did. Yeah. It was a big silly.
0: Yeah. It was a great silly. There's a picture. That, I think that playoff run was very important. Like, hopefully the Flyers get something like that in their rebuild stage. They,
1: they have a fascinating draft. Oh, and this is the other thing, too. Why it's important to get a guy like Danny Breer because um, I just corrected myself mid-thought, I was going to say they now have to do work at the draft, mm-hmm. because Cliff Fletcher wasn't able to get anything done at the trade deadline. Chuck Chuck, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Chuck Cliff's Fletcher. Toronto. My yeah. bad. Um, <laughs> Chuck Fletcher wasn't able to do anything at the trade deadline, so now he has to do all his work at the draft, which he sort of hinted at. Danny Briere said no such thing. So it might be a good idea to do lots of business at the draft, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have to. Does that make sense? He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to force himself uh, to make any decision he doesn't want, or to get a fourth round pick for someone he sh- was hoping to get a second yeah. for. He is going to have to figure out, like, like
2: looking at their contract situation. Obviously, you know Van Reemsdijk comes off the books.
0: Yeah, I'm Mike. Oh,
2: sorry, Van Reemsdijk comes off the books. Lemieux comes off the books. He j- they just got him. Justin Braun is, you know, getting. Who knows if he's going to even play next year? Although he's been very good this year. You got to figure out how to dump some of these contracts. Like you got to find the general manager who is um, uh, out of it enough to take a Rasmus Ristolainen contract.
1: I think you can salvage D'Angelo. I don't. I don't.
2: I don't think you can salvage Risto. Um, no, like D'Angelo
1: got, at very least, you understand what type of a player he is, and he is that. Yeah, Ristolainen used to be that. Horrible defensively, but he would put up a shitload of points. He doesn't even do that anymore.
2: Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah. And then you got Travis Sanheim who's doing a quite a big raise, and I believe his contract ends in 2030, 2031. Yeah. And your coach is benching him.
1: I don't understand how trading Travis Konechny, who fits your team perfectly, uh, makes you better.
2: I'm not sure that, that Travis Konechny is going to get traded now. I think that was a Chuck Fletcher thing. I don't know that. I think that any rumor you heard about the Flyers. Is now null and void. Well, the, ru- the rumors starting now are the rumors you want to listen to.
1: If you're the Philadelphia Flyers, you go into every draft looking for a player like Travis Konecny. So yes, I don't, I don't under, I don't he, think trading him
2: makes. He's much sense. He's still young, and then you know, I think a lot of those rumors that you know, if you, if you, if if Marcus uh, is to be believed, if if Elliot Friedman and those guys are to be believed, and I believe them, um, it sounds like a lot of the leakiness from the head office came from the three or four wise men. Or, or the the, 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 what is it? The, uh, and Shemp? the uh, oh, uh, Shem.
1: uh, the Three Stooges. I'm not <laughs> the calling stooges. them the Three Stooges, but <laughs> Curly, I mean, Curly, Larry, and Moe, and Shemp.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a interesting thing that I wonder if, I wonder if this is the, the time that they're on the way out. And also, I wonder if, uh, the CEO was doing that because he, he wanted to see where the leaks were coming from. If he doesn't mm-hmm. tell anyone.
0: Maybe. You know what I mean? Like that I feel like that would have leaked. It's like those things that IT departments do where they put like a different period on everybody's yes. emails to see where who leaked it to the media or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Here. Let, let me do it less insulting. The three musketeers and D'Artagnan. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> I like is that. Cam York. Jason York's kid. I think so. Yeah. That's I cool. Think, if it is.
1: I think he also has more than one
0: kid. Oh, one of his kids. Yeah. I'm is not it? Oh. I'm not actually sure. I okay. think so. Yeah. is ryan the second question is ryan ellis going to finish with four career games as a philadelphia flyer
1: uh he had, basically hasn't played hockey for two years
0: yeah that's what a shame that deal was. i
1: agree yeah i agree and like listen shit didn't work out there we've been through that it sounds like sean Couturier is going to come back
0: it does yeah that's, yeah, that's cool. promising
1: that's extremely provi- promising and can't act like that doesn't make a big difference to the. But team.
0: like only thirty two, it's a shame that his career looks to be over. Sh- Wait, who Ryan Ellis? Oh my
1: god, that's a dude I covered in junior, and he's thirty two and potentially retiring.
2: And was spectacular when he was at his best. He oh, was yeah. unreal Those years. especially and that, especially that Stanley Cup run they had. That defense yeah. was crazy. Yossi Ekholm, Suban mm. Ellis, like wow.
1: Oh, you're forgetting the most important part. Who's that? He, he won Memorial Cups with someone uh, we went to high school with as his D partner. Who's that? Rob Quitt. Oh, really? Rob Quitt was, his, was Ryan Ellis' D partner. No, there you go. That's
2: something for me and Steve and no one else. <laughs> and no <laughs>
1: one
0: else. But we went to school no, with Rob, and Rob was a really nice guy.
1: of the Providence Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of the other teams he played for. Is he still playing? No, he retired. No. I think he played in Austria. Any career
0: NHL games? No. Oh,
1: I don't think he ever signed an NHL contract but he played professional hockey that guy hey. AHL.
0: he's a providence Bruins. E-
1: yeah a little bit in the ahl cool. a lot a lot of echl and a little bit of europe
0: he's so close he had yeah. man hands in like
2: grade nine Lindros hands he had lindross hands great by the way uh, the Lindros interview yeah. when you shake eric's hand your hand disappears in eric's hand <laughs> oh, rob, rob this man. guy would grow up with anybody that i that that you might sort of know that made made it anywhere in hockey they're gigantic or at least in our generation they were wayne wayne was the only one who was he was tall and extremely athletic, but not like just a huge man. You know, uh,
1: he played for, he played in the IHL, the AHL, the ECHL. What's his last name? Quit, but it's spelled K-W-I-E-T. It's spelled quiet. Yeah.
0: That's
1: yeah. I'm bringing it up. Quiet. He was a big dude. Nice guy. He <laughs> was a nice guy.
2: Yeah, he was really nice. It was cool. What
0: I'm just I don't know. It's just super relevant. <laughs> he,
2: he was.
1: It's important. <laughs>
0: it's important to mention that shit. Uh, you have to.
2: Yeah.
1: One one time he uh, he uh, uh like walked with me for the first bit of my walk home uh because these guys came up to me. I had this Walkman. I've talked about this Walkman before. Um, that it was like three hundred bucks because that's how much they cost at the time panasonic walkman with headphones that vibrated oh cool and these two dudes uh came up to me they're like uh you how much was that or where'd you get that and i go uh uh, it was 300 bucks uh they have them at best buy i think and the guy goes (laughs) (laughs) guy goes what makes you think i want to buy it
0: oh shit And i'm like
1: oh fuck this guy wants to like mug me right so but it was like broad daylight. There were lots of people around, so like it was fine. And so I was like, okay, who's my biggest friend? So <laughs> like, you talked to Rob? Yeah, so I talked to Rob. This is in like grade nine. And I'm like, Rob, can you, uh, can you just uh, walk with me for a bit? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're not going to fuck with me if Rob's here. Yeah. <laughs> so Amazing. I highly doubt Rob Amazing Amazing story. Um, it was cool. OK, did you see <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see a lot of them after he made the OHL? Uh,
2: I meant to bring this up earlier. The Senator's sale looks like it's going to be between 900 and 950 million dollars. <laughs> That's did, I think Eugene bought it. I, I'm going to look it up, but I think it was between 150 and two million dollars. Eugene Melnick.
1: For like an Amazon gift card. Uh,
2: yeah. uh, senators. I want
1: to say it was 250
2: Maybe it was 250. Uh, 92 million dollars.. <laughs> Wow, what? $92 million. And so as of last year, the senators, according to Sportico, I believe, yeah, Sportico, were listed at $655 million. Now they're going to go for sale. The bids are in. And I guess Elliot Friedman said there was a bidding process and it was non-binding, but there were people in the 920s mm-hmm. and there were people in the 850s. And basically what the people in the 850s are being told is, uh, you better raise your bid or you're out.
1: So here's here's what I was wondering, and I didn't hear anybody talk about uh, Ryan um, Reynolds. Thank you, Ryan Reynolds. I was thinking Gosling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of Canadian Ryans. Um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, yes,
2: is not N- Canadian. Name some others. No, he's not. <laughs> Ryan Tedder is not Canadian. Ah, oh, my he bad. Is now. <laughs> <laughs> he's ours now. Uh,
1: he's ours now. Ryan Reynolds selling Mint Mobile and getting a shitload of money for it. Does that have to do with him? acquiring capital no, for no. part of this deal. He's not
0: know. putting any money into this. <laughs> so that was a, right. a contentious part of the group he was joining, because he didn't want to put in any kind of money. He just wanted to put in his celebrity power. Okay, So, and so he'll get
1: like 5%. He had the sort of money you need to buy Rexham, a tier 5 Welsh team yeah. in soccer. Um, but then when it was like, oh yeah, he's running uh, to get the Sens, I'm like, I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wrexham rexham cost
2: know? them to buy 2.5 million
1: are you joking me yeah.
2: pounds uh 2.5 million US 2 million pounds. pounds 2 million pounds, pounds. 2.5 million us dollars um and now they've put probably that or more into it mm-hmm. but they have clearly the money to do it so and then the sponsorships and all that stuff you go up
1: so for Crazy. what he got for deadpool he could buy like eight Wrexhams.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Holy you shit. know what's what's wild about that too is they also bought the stadium. So I'm going to have to say, what did the race course cost? What did the race, because they call it the race course, uh, uh, Rex it,
1: sh- it couldn't have been. I wonder if it was more than the team. Surely it was more than the team. I'm going to um, say 15 million pounds.
2: Because somebody else owned it and they were trying to redevelop it and make it into like a it, uh, into like a freaking um complex in, in, oh, No, no, into like a neighborhood they're going oh, nice. and the stadium is the oldest professional stadium or like the third oldest in the world or something um yeah they call it the race course because it used to be a horse racing course and then in the early like last century like 1900 they banned horse racing so they're like hey can we use can we play soccer here instead and that's what they that's why they play there um you got to watch that thing it looks like yeah so you, technically it's a lease but It looks as though, I don't even know how to, (laughs) British British law is ridiculous when it comes to this stuff. Um, And it took them like months and months and months to be able to do it. But Wrexham Football Club does own that as well. So
1: did they have to wear a very silly wig while writing that law? No, I I bet they did actually.
2: Yeah. I bet they did. Yeah. Because in British courts, you got to wear silly wigs.
1: That's just, it's so ridiculous to me that it's like the most serious moment in someone's life. And they're like, you're going to go to prison for the next 30 years. And they look like the Quaker Oats person. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's kind of true. It's a little weird.
1: It's How, how doesn't everyone go? I do like in, in the middle of that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the you, other, look, you look. Have you seen that show, by the way? Welcome to Rexham. A few episodes. Man. Okay, there's a couple episodes that are clearly filler, uh, but it's so good. And one of the things is that one of the grandstands is completely empty because it's been condemned and they're still playing on it, but it has those what? old. You know how they used to stand up at <laughs> soccer games? Uh, that was sure. so in the, oh, 70s, yeah, and they would have the bar. 70s and 80s. They'd have a bar that you would stand at. But they realized that if you're drinking and standing, you're far more likely to start a fight than sitting and not drinking. So they don't let you in most stadiums. I think they're not letting you buy beer and they make you sit down. And then obviously a lot of people are standing anyway. But isn't that crazy? <laughs> they put in seats just to stop the fighting. That was one of the measures to stop the fighting. They
1: put a lot of they have a lot of measures in place to stop the fighting. There was a chain link fence at the game in Aberdeen. I went. Oh,
2: you know, I'm not surprised. Not surprised
0: at all.
1: Keeping the uh, visiting section separate. Yes, My Jeff. bet
0: for the Ottawa Senators that they narrow in on a billion dollars that when they come to close on the deal, because there'll probably be a couple people that are. Yeah, like they're right now they're, each they're, other they're still in the in the process where hey, we'll take your things and if you want to raise your bid. I think they get they get into a little bit of bidding war. It sounds like there's so much interest in it. And the the group that Ryan Reynolds is a part of, the uh Remington group. Yeah, the Remington group. They're they're a real estate development group too. So they want uh, that land just to like build condos and stuff on it. Right. So it's not even like a buying a hockey team kind of thing. It's a we want to buy real estate. We want to buy a hockey team so that we can put somewhere so we can get real estate. In yeah,
2: place. and we can do the LeBretton Flat
0: steel and the Corral, the yeah. old yeah, well, no Canadian Tire Center.
1: Though there's no other model like that's right. what
0: it is now. So, so, but some of these some of these groups are just like hockey or tech investors or whatever. There's a Montreal Canadiens minority owner. He's also in this. You know, like there's people who oh. just want to invest in the hockey team plus they'll get the arena and all that stuff but there's like this is a specific condo real estate we build shit we get land group well isn't that Who what the leafs this did team?
1: like that that building the uh uh is on top of real sports basically yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's what they did i think that's mm-hmm. what tempe's aiming to do that's what happened in edmonton it's, th- which, it's the model yeah. It, yeah and a lot yeah.
2: of times like it i don't think it's going to happen in ottawa but you can get I think Detroit's got, the, the Illich family and whoever their investors are, got Detroit to agree to like a special tax zone. So anything within oh. that zone is either taxed Uh-oh. differently or not at all. Well, and that building's that's spaceship. not good. No, it's not good. No, <laughs> I don't but like but you, that stuff. If you're from the real estate com- <laughs> company's uh, perspective, you're like, whoa, this is great. Yeah. To everybody else, it kind of sucks. But downtown <laughs> Detroit needed a revamp. They were bankrupt. So they needed a plan. And that's how they were able to attract the investment. Mm. Now, Ottawa's not in that same spot. But I'm curious about What happens? Because you guys have been there, right? Have you seen a game in Ottawa? No.
1: Oh, I thought you meant Detroit.
0: I've never... I've been to downtown Ottawa and never out to the arena.
1: I've been to...
2: Isn't that sad, by the way? I've been in downtown Ottawa, but I've never been all the way out there where the arena is.
1: I've been to at least one NHL game there and I've been to the Clarkson Cup.
2: Oh, I went to the... Did the red carpet for the Junos there and stayed at the hotel down the street. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, and then I've seen a couple of Sens games there and, and it's... It's like I, I remember when remember a few years ago when the Sens were in like the Eastern Conference Finals and they weren't selling it out. Yeah. And we were asking people and it was like the Phoenix pay system and just <laughs> what a pain in the ass it is to get out there on public transit. So yeah. I hope whatever this is it it puts them in the middle of the city. And then
1: It will. That's why the team's worth so much because I think they look at it and they're like, "Well, if this was designed with any common sense at all, it could be very lucrative." I was uh Big and growing city Mm that by Canadian standards. Yeah. It'll, it'll, uh, no, it'll do really, really well.
0: And it's rare you get an NHL franchise up for sale. Like this doesn't happen every now and again. The Pittsburgh Penguins sold, they're the most recent team to sell. They sold for 900 million to the Fenway Sports Group Mm -hmm. in 2021. So I just imagine two years later, you know, inflation, all that sports teams are worth kind of a little bit more at 100 million. It's going to narrow in on like, Nine eighty one billion.
1: What was the last Canadian team to be sold?
0: Oh God, was it that's a really good question. The J it would have been would have getting, been the Jets moving move. the Jets to the and, Winnipeg.
1: And before that,
2: would it not have been the Gillette family selling to? Didn't um, didn't the Gillette's own Montreal
0: Canadiens for a while? They owned Manchester. United. The Leafs deal didn't happen before or after that. One. The,
2: the, when when the Leafs sold, oh, you
0: know. But was, does,
2: yeah, so here's the question with the Leafs: Like twenty years, do you sa- do you count the Rogers and Bell purchase of the teachers' pension plan as a because Larry Tannenbaum is the or- owner, he's the controlling owner.
1: Is he the yes. majority owner? He's
2: though? not. I, don't, I believe he's thirty seven and a half percent.
1: The Rogers Bell, because they bought a quarter each, didn't they?
2: Something like that. Yeah, some bizarre. I'd
1: count that, and that was like what? But Larry's always 11?
2: been. Larry's always considered the owner, though. He is the majority owner. So does that count? I don't know.
1: I'm not rich enough to know the answer to any of these
2: questions.
0: (laughs) Fair enough.
1: Like, what is the, uh, I'm not in the tax bracket. Like, some people are so rich, they don't have to pay taxes, and I have a really difficult time wrapping my head around that
0: telecom giants rogers and bell f- on friday agreed to buy a controlling 75 stake oh, in mlse 75 owner of the toronto maple leafs nhl franchise in a 1.32 billion dollar deal that is a fucking discount wow did they ever get a holy steal. crap holy shit ontario teachers oh! pension Plan, canada's third largest pension fund with 107.5 billion dollar net assets is selling 75 stake stake in the company which also owns an M- nba basketball franchise toronto maple leafs on FC, um, minority investor and current chairman Larry Tannenbaum will increase his stake in the company to 25%. Oh, that's what it was okay. from 20. Uh, da, 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 da. so they own 75%. I was devastated combined. Why?
1: Well, I was at CBC when this news broke uh oh no no no, 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 no that's no. that's different i'm thinking of no. i'm thinking of when rogers bought the deal uh, no 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 wow, yeah, I tell- yeah i was devastated because i was at cbc at the time and i'm like cool i'm gonna lose my job
2: yeah well look at you <laughs> going to work for Sportsnet.
1: i was like i'm I, gonna lose my job and Sportsnet's not gonna hire me and then they hired me
2: um i think uh i think that and i think people forget this is that like there's a there's a sports blog that existed this day called the Pension Plan Puppets. Yeah, it was a much different Toronto Maple Leafs eth- eth- ethos on the executive side when the pension plan owned it. They just wanted to capitalize on the investment. They did not care if the team won or lost, yep. and the results were on the ice. But Rogers and Bell understand that, like when when um, uh, when the Blue Jays had their deep runs in 15 and 16, Rogers stock hit like its all time high because it's good for your company. And so what they understand and realize is that, okay, the more sports stadiums we purchase the naming rights on and the more teams that we buy and make competitive, which is why the Blue Jays are spending a fortune now when they didn't used to is it, it really boosts it you know the the what is it the rising tide floats all boats. Yeah the blue jays have never made as much
0: money as when they went on those runs. That's right. Like they they make more money when they're really good and they spend a lot of money on the team. And that's and that's exactly what's happened. And that's why so the Rogers and Bell
2: purchase. I know it's crazy, right? Oh my God. <laughs> what? But, but that's why it's good to have sometimes it is good to have an owner that has television rights and other things like digital rights and all those things to worry about because You need the team to be good for you to capitalize on the media side of it.
0: No, the best way is you have a crazy billionaire who only does sports, and this is his play thing, like a Jerry Jones situation. And he's like, I'm gonna either they're going to win or I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) die.
2: Jerry Jones does spend some money, though, man.
0: I'll give him credit. That stadium
2: was $4 billion.
1: What do you mean I got to run my team? I'm on tour with my dad, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's, um, that's the guy from uh, uh, Madison Square, right? James
2: Dolan. James Dolan. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So th- to answer your question, the most recent team to sell in Canada, I, I would say, is the Leafs in 20- 2011. Yeah, that works. You know? or, well, that was 12 years ago. And then the Jets, too, right Right around then, too. Were they yeah. not? So when let's say
1: el- Leafs and Jets tie. Okay. When, oh,
0: I guess. The
2: J- was the Jets after that? I think the Jets were 2011.
0: I guess it was the next year. Same year. Or, yeah. After yeah that,
2: and Mark Chipman right? and Mark Thompson were the ones that purchased that, and they're still the owners
0: today. Boy, they've made some good money there, Just too.
1: Just to emphasize that this rarely happens. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's
0: interesting. 2011-2012, first yeah. season of the there you go, There you go. Yeah. Um, Nick Antropov, Winnipeg Jets. Did Ponikarovsky not play there too? And Kyle Wellwood?
1: Wellwood did for sure. I don't remember Ponakorovsky. Tim Stapleton, lots of Leaf greats. Hey. The
0: Jets have great owners. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. That's that's that's, no, a, that's a group and uh, people in a family you want owning a sports franchise yes. if you're a fan. Like they're they're a model franchise. The thing that the Jets do get
2: too on the on the other side of it that I think a lot of smaller market teams and that's not an, That's not an offensive thing. The Jets are a smaller market team. The Jets are in the community. They are mm-hmm. of the community. And a lot of teams are like, no, we don't need to do that. We're the team. You come to us. The Jets go to you. The Jets are a part of the fabric of Winnipeg, and I, I think I'm blown away by just sort of the little community initiatives that they do all the time. They don't, they don't, they'll never get the sh- the spotlight that they deserve. But like, if I was, if I was, all of a sudden, boom, owner of the Arizona Coyotes, I'd be going, H- who do I hire from the Jets to do this here?
1: Well, it's because they put. Uh The NHL put that entire city in a Helen Hunt situation. Which is what? Well, she was married to Tom Hanks in Castaway. And then he got lost for many years. Right. And then he came back. Right. But she had started this whole new life with someone else. And then he shows up at her door. What is she supposed to do? Just drop the life that she's made? And I always think of my buddy Tom from Winnipeg who had to become a Penguins fan. Oh, because they left. Yeah. For a while. And then the Jets came back and it was like, we thought you were dead. And so they have to basically ruin my friend Tom's marriage with the Penguins.
2: (laughs) He went from Crosby to Shifley. Yeah. It's not bad. It's
1: not bad. It's
0: not great, but it's not bad.
1: (laughs) damn adam <laughs>
0: <laughs> also the coyotes looking at the jets is uh, uh, oh, dude, that's, uh that's funny that's them, even them looking at their own history right i didn't even think about that yeah. wow that's a good
1: point um yeah sorry my buddy tom used to be a big coyotes there friend, you go and mm. then he cheered for the penguins now he cheers for the jets yep. is what i meant to say that's not stupid at all
0: um who's p- the captain of the uh winnipeg jets
1: no one Nice. Athletic
2: reporter Arpin Basu on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) talking about Friday. Jonathan Drouin was two minutes late for a team meeting Friday morning. Fully accepted the consequences. Uh, Marty St. Louis said he was great on the bench and handled the whole situation well. And I don't know if you saw this, but um, Jonathan Drouin became the first person since I believe Sam Reinhart with Sabres to sit an entire game. Zero 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 on the minutes uh, for being late to something. Um, apparently, Marty St. Louis was quite complimentary of Drouin and the way he took it after the game. Drouin took full responsibility for it and said, "Listen, it's a rule. It Doesn't matter if you're a little late or a lot late. You're late. You're late." Now, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. they don't have anything to lose. They've had a good year. They've they've got some. They've got. They got some swagger, although they've been falling off a little bit lately. Wow. I and mean, then, I mean, like, listen. They're injured, Everyone's
1: been shut down.
2: Injuries and all that stuff. And, and of course, you're shutting them down because why they would you play them this they year? They can't win another
0: game. Like, they the should Montreal Canadiens
1: need to get to the bottom, and they they're doing s- it good right now. They have a real opportunity here. Yeah. Like All the shitty teams are winning.
0: Yeah, they're 1-7-2. They're doing it right. Like, yeah. Keep losing. Let's go. Yeah. So
2: you got nothing to lose, so you bench Jonathan Drouin. Exactly. And I know that Jonathan Drouin is perhaps not playing the role on this team that he was first envisioned when he signed that contract.
1: He hasn't scored a goal. Exactly. Good but, playmaker. Yeah, but... He hasn't scored a goal.
0: Um, you're bad and showing up late? Like... Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, that's calls for a bench. Well, I wondered, how, how does...
2: <clears throat> let's say it's this exact situation, same player, same coach, same team, but the Montreal
0: Canadiens are fourth in the Eastern Conference. What then? You don't hear about this.
1: You probably don't hear about it.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's happened.
1: Oh, the two reason
0: the, I think Biexa had the correct opinion on Hockey Night. Um, he's like the reason we're hearing about this is because it's been happening and it needs to be solved. So we're gonna we've happened do a this, few times. We gotta do this publicly because it's happened a few times. So uh, let's go make an example of them. You know, and so the guys are late and you don't hear about it. <coughs> yeah, because it's not a big deal.
1: So I was thinking about it because he's a free agent too, right? So this benching is not an investment in this player, right? So I was like, so what's, what's the point of embarrassing him and, and doing this? And it sounds like he handled it well. So I probably shouldn't get my neck up about it. It's not about Jonathan Drouin. It's about the idea of being late. So it's not a message to Jonathan Druant. I imagine part of the reason that Drouin took it so well is St. Louis goes, look, we got a, a, we, we got Slavkovsky, mm-hmm. Caulfield, Suzuki, even though he's our captain, Jack Eye Cooly We have a ton of young guys and we got to make an example out of you so they don't do it. Right? So they understand the consequences of being late. They understand the consequences of not paying attention to detail. Because at the end of the day, it's two minutes. Which you can decide whether or not that's a big thing or a small thing. It's probably a small thing, but You wouldn't be two minutes late for Lou Lamorello, right? Mm -hmm. Hell no. Like you got to, you know, you got to dot your I's and cross your T's and Mm -hmm. make sure you're clean shaven and your suit. And it's all part of being a professional. So the Habs aren't being as hard ass as Lou. Mm -hmm. All they ask is that you be on time. Right. So you get to send a message to your young guys without punishing any of them. It's preemptive. I don't know. It's unfortunate for Drew and that it's got to be him, but he made
2: it. So he's got to yep. take responsibility for that.
1: <laughs> yep. So it's, it sounds like I don't think anyone's done anything wrong. I yet. find it interesting,
2: though, in sports, the um, expectations, because because from team to team, there are different expectations, right? You're going to have, um, you know, here's what we expect of you winning wise, like and I'm going to give you a Formula One example for a second. Oh, let's go. I know. So number one team right now is Red Bull. They've, you know, they've gone one, two in the last two races. uh, um, Tied for second, you've got Aston Martin, you've got Mercedes. Mercedes won eight team championships in a row, uh, leading up to just before, sorry, yeah, just after the pandemic. And after the first race, where they finished like third in points or second in points or whatever, their team principal comes out and says, we're changing the entire car. Because they lost last year, they came third and almost took second away from Ferrari. Almost, and this year they know the car isn't going to win, so they're tossing it. Whereas there's other teams that would be dying to be in third place, but that's not good enough.
1: They have a different standard,
2: and I think that that's I think that that's fascinating, right? Like I I like I I understand why people feel like oh it's a humiliation for Ann, but when you I've seen the Toronto Maple Leaf. They used to call it the Toronto Maple Leaf disease, where...
1: Blue and white disease.
2: Whether or not that's real, there was a perception that you got to Toronto and you could... I mean, listen, you win a little
1: bit, you'll probably get a statue. The, The Toronto Maple Leafs, it's no big deal.
2: Right. And I think sometimes, as fans of the Leafs, we have fallen into this, where it's like... Like there has been a a couple of years where I've been, I think I've given too many excuses for the Leafs losing in games. The reality Ah. should be that they need to win. And I'm glad that St. Louis setting that precedent now because that is going to carry over for these young guys over and over and over again going forward. And
1: this game is a game you'll never remember. That team is undeniably going to be such a problem.
0: They Mm. got it. They got it all. It's coming. They have the second highest cap hit right now uh, in the wild. NHL so because wild. of <laughs> Carey Price and all all <laughs> the so all the uh, LTIR numbers uh, that they have on the books. And it's an absolute farce in the NHL. I was just looking at that. But the funniest thing with the Canadians this weekend is Yuri Slavkovsky going back to Slovakia to take his high school exams and the picture of him uh, just sitting in class. Just, just <laughs> I haven't seen this. There. So here he is. Yeah. yeah! I, I don't
1: know if I would have posted that photo. <laughs> He, he looks pissed. He's in Slovakia,
0: taking doing high school.
1: Think he's happy? Well, I he think should be in like, the <laughs> I, love <that>. well, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I don't think he's happy about it, but he's probably also like, you "Can you put your fucking phone away, please. Right?
0: Why you take a picture of me?
1: Yeah. yeah. Dude, I. You know, you know what? You, you know what? I never had to do for. So I never wanted to do any of my high school exams. You know what I never had to do before my high school exams? Take a transatlantic flight.
0: And then somebody's here. sticking a phone in your face being yeah. like, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, you're back here. Hey,
1: millionaire guy. <laughs> I'm going to post like, this on Twitter. Six, four and couldn't hide if he tried. Like, <laughs> It kind of yeah.
2: sucks, too, that you got to go back to high school. Like, when uh, you're, you're already in the NHL. You're like, I'm here. Yeah. I got to take this stupid exam.
0: The
1: 60 NHL games uh, and you're like, Oh, I got to study for my exam. That sucks.
0: <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Oh. Uh, uh, poor guy. Poor
1: guy. Yeah. Also, a tough life, you know. Really Cool class, like they just let you do Slovakian graffiti behind you in in your class. It, maybe That's it's an art cool. class.
0: Yeah, it's school Steve.
1: What's your art exam? It's it's like those TikToks when you have a macaroni picture due at midnight <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, sports majors when did you they guys have th-
1: to watch hockey by midnight.
2: Were you guys in school? Did, did, when no. you guys were in school, did you guys have to do the upload the paper by midnight? Tool, yeah, it was awful. Wasn't that brutal? Because the site was. would inevitably crash because everybody was loading it. No one was uploading okay. it before
1: midnight.
2: <laughs> yeah, did you, Jesse? Did you have that too?
0: Uploading the your exam, your or exam, whatever? yeah, or yeah, ex- or, yeah. or your your paper or whatever. Yeah. I hated that. It always crashed.
1: I had, a, I had a really awkward encounter with a professor where I got zero on something, and I had to be like, "Uh, why?" Hmm? He's like, "You didn't submit the thing." I go, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "Well, I didn't get it, so you get a zero." And I'm like, "But." But I, I did, I swear to God, I did it. Like, what do you want? I could here's the assignment right now. I don't know what to tell you. And it was just, well, you didn't do it properly or whatever. I'm like, listen, something went wrong because I did it and sent it. And I'm like panicking. Did he still give you a zero? No. You negotiated in the, in the it end, I negotiated. And it was, I also wanted to be like, okay, uh, last episode, we were talking about bird electives. The Philosophy of Love and Sex.
2: Why would you have ever taken that? Philosophy, you should be out.
1: No, because I was like any other uh, young student where I was like,
2: Sex, huh? Yeah, hey. this, this one has it's sex cool. in the
1: title. I bet it's an interesting and easy course. And then in the first week, it's just all of us looking at each other like we've all made an egregious
0: mistake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's
0: just fucking awesome. Yeah, it's philosophy. It's stupid.
1: Why do you it think is. I dropped out of university? I was in a philosophy major course See, i took another philosophy class and i liked it i liked
2: it too but man try writing an exam with philo- like and then trying to pull back aristotle and plato and uh, like oh my god yeah. changes the way you think it's amazing but at the same
1: time it's a lot it's a lot i did nothing but take really difficult electives and i wish i didn't
0: <laughs> jesse what kind of electives did you take uh very similar ones there's only a certain like different electives you could take an rta the like, free
1: we- space was pop culture
0: yeah no i took that one too yeah like, that's what i'm saying like there's only like a list of five or ten in rta that but you can really up. choose from it filled yeah. up really fast they got rid of the english minor requirement like the, the year after i left so good. yeah a lot of those kids now they're they're having a lot easier now they have the sports the sector you just go do sports media instead of just the rta program which is very nice
1: it couldn't have been good for the friggin professors too Hmm. Just an entire classroom of people mailing it in. Yeah. Because it's for their minor. <laughs> that no they, one that they didn't
0: shit. decide. Like, we didn't decide to be an English minor. We have to do it to graduate. Who's who's
1: going through that pile of resumes? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cancel all the rest of the interviews. This guy is an English minor. <laughs> this is our candidate. That's it. That's We're m- going with them.
0: That's why Sportsnet let you write the uh, email that's sent out every night.
1: Yeah, they're like, whoa, whoa. This, you know, listen, I know you're a weirdo with a YouTube channel, but it says here you read several <laughs> children's books when oh, you were 20 boy, in <laughs> and uh,
0: you discovered that Rumpelstiltskin was just a murder story. Uh! <laughs> you know what,
1: man? T- I had a lot of friends. You know what? I miss school and I miss being around. I- not for a fucking second.
0: I hey, know.
4: I, I don't miss
1: school, school at
0: all. No, school sucks.
1: No, but I... No, you don't. You miss your friends.
0: Uri uh, Slefkovsky also went to a uh, primary school while he was in Slovakia. Oh, that's and cool. And he visited a bunch of kids and he signed a bunch of autographs. Oh, I like and that. And See,
2: that's the kind the of school I'm in for. Yeah. I like that. Look
0: at that guy.
1: By the way... Okay, this, weird who, trend I'm noticing in this photo. There are two students holding their shoes because they are trying close. to get him to sign their shoes. What's wrong with that? Did I ever tell you about the time I went to a, I think it was a middle school in Durham somewhere, Whitby, maybe. Uh And one student was like, will you sign my shoes after I was done talking to the class? And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't want to wreck your shoes. Your parents are going to get upset. No, no, they're not going to get upset. They said, it's fine. I go, uh, okay. And then the entire class took off their shoes. (laughs) What? and i had to sign like 20 pairs of shoes and they're hot and well and i'm like oh yeah first of all just. they're always hot it's and it's canada so it's just wet <laughs> and just salty wet stinky salt feet and and i'm like <laughs> and and like i'm looking at the teacher and i'm like you got to i let let it be known to any of the parents who are upset that i'm about to ruin their children's shoes <laughs> that i'm doing this under duress like i'm not I didn't ask to do this. I don't want to do this. It's just all these people are putting their shoes in my face. And I have to sign them. and Luckily, I didn't get in trouble. That's weird. With my shitty signature, too. I signed all these pairs of shoes. Stop it. Weird children. Imagine how long that with, took. With this trend. Get a piece of paper. It's weird because like everyone else.
0: You're not like, <laughs> you're not an athlete. I'm not. You're right, <laughs> <love the> <laughs> <donkey>. <laughs> It makes sense if you're like, a basketball player that's a basketball sneaker or even like soccer or hockey like hockey makes sense a little at least he's an athlete it's, you're not it's not a skate. yeah he's gone like, for a run once or yeah, twice yeah. But, like dude but, you it doesn't really correlate no.
1: so yeah, it, <laughs> all
0: one, the kids bring their
2: podcast mics <laughs> one, two,
1: yeah, that yeah. would be like are gaming Yeti, headsets
2: like
0: one of those uh, USB Yeti mics yeah. yeah like Steve Dangle signed my my USB-C mic Yeah, like it's fucking fun signed my laptop even yeah Yeah, my top of my MacBook.
1: After a post-game show uh, at Gate (laughs) 5 in Scotiabank Arena, then Air Canada Center for Leafs TV, Bob McGill signed someone's jersey, and then that person brought it over to me. And I was like, what? No, I didn't play for the team. They're like, no, please, I really want you to sign it. Like, next to Bob McGill. And Bob's just looking over at me (laughs) with with an air of someone who... Had blood, sweat, and tears go into that crest, just looking, going, Are you fucking? Nah, at least, least jerseys make
0: sense
2: for you to sign. By the way, I was, I, guess. I was up in cottage country in Ontario this weekend, speaking of Bob McGill, and I saw one of his real estate posters. He's a real oh, estate wow. agent up there now. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, did you get he left Leafs TV to do that? Did you get a good amount for your uh, season seats on Friday because <laughs> you didn't go to the St. Pat's game? I don't have any but season I assume seats. You, Jesse you sold them. It must have been a, I like,
2: was, You guys went to a game last Wednesday. You're talking to me must about must have been A pretty this? penny. Oh, Adam was at
1: a chalet. So
0: oh, I was. At
1: yeah, a, it, yeah. yeah, I was at my chalet.
0: You must have got good money for the St. Pat's day like that. I was. I was Oh, it's a big like, game, big, what big what money they, maker what sell, for, yeah. for Daddy Warbucks. You, you saw that on the calendar. You're like, I'm not going to this game. I'm going to sell that, make up back some of the money. Yeah. You know what?
2: I I just felt like over the pandemic that <laughs> that I said to myself I will go to every freaking game I have a chance to go to. And I 80, actually broke 41. that promise to myself cuz I didn't go with you guys last week to the Avalanche game. You guys went. It, I, 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 didn't I, I didn't go. go I didn't. Go go oh, you didn't go no, either. No, yeah. I was there. Went. We were um, supposed to go. No, I wasn't there. And I and I, I but I, I said anytime I get a chance to go to a Leafs game from now, on, I'm going because yeah. I never want to miss yeah, that all opportunity. All 41. In. Yeah, okay, thanks, six. guys.
1: Yeah. Got to go to a Avs game where they won with producer Drew. Oh, I'm sure he was insufferable. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate that. It was really
2: cool. Luke Gazdick was on uh, Tim and uh, sorry Tim and Friends, and I want to play this clip because I think it's an interesting opinion in hockey. There is a there's been a debate. I remember Steve early on in this show. He looked at Jesse and I, and he's like, how long do you think fighting will be in hockey? And I was like, I don't know, forever. And Jesse, at that point, was mute, so he didn't say anything. Mm. And that was, that was if you've been along, around long enough, you remember when Jesse said nothing.
1: That was Just, peace, peace sign, Jesse.
2: That's right. So Let's talk about Luke Yazdick from it, Facebook. Steve, there's a Facebook
0: video, but it's from <laughs> Tim and Friends' fa- thing. Steve, what do you think about Adam getting his videos from Facebook?
2: All I did was grab a Facebook video. <laughs> Okay, I couldn't find it on Sportsnet's <laughs> Twitter or at Sportsnet.ca, but
1: I found it on... Fa- Do you think Adam Sportsnet makes things easy Facebook to find? Content they don't make job. things easy to Adam, find! Adam found this on the page, Patriot Freedom Takes. <laughs> <laughs> Share if you like the military. One like for one purple yeah,
0: heart. F- I don't know. The Freedom Eagle <laughs> <No>. Canadian flags. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Guys... If, right, if, let's go if Sportsnet
2: put it out equally on all channels, it yeah. would have been easy to find. But it's not.
1: fuck Trudeau, SNC, Let's
2: let's go, Adam. So poor Luke Gazik is on this freedom page. No, I'm kidding. Um, She's <laughs> on Tim and Friends, and and so so the QMJHL for context here banned fighting last week. They said that this is it. We're done. And in an in a vacuum, you can understand why that might be problematic for them because. Fighting, sorry, fighting might be problematic because essentially you've entrusted a bunch of people who are not adults yet um, to a to a league. Well, and
1: and and the are. league is allowing bare knuckle boxing on knife shoes. It's not just not adults yet. Some are and some aren't. Yeah,
2: right. So you've got some kids like Crosby, I think was fifteen when he was playing in the queue. So was Bedard. And then there are kids that are twenty. Yeah. Imagine, you remember high school? You remember going into grade nine and remember how big the grade 12s and in our case, grade 13s
1: were? Mm-hmm. They were huge. Yeah. Scary. They had, they drove to school. I don't know how to properly word this. Maybe someone who's better at science can, but there's a difference between being a small adult and a small child. Yes. <laughs> so before we
2: over argue the point, I want to play the clip because there is a lot of backlash for this because- People believe that it's striking at the tradition of what hockey is. Hockey is inherently violent. I don't think anybody is going to dispute that. No. But here's what Luke Gazdick had to say with Tim and Friends.
4: Now, I'm obviously biased because... it's sad to think about if I couldn't fight in junior I would have never got drafted to the NHL and that's just plain fact right and and now you're gonna have you know if this happens you're gonna have some kids that don't have fighting in junior that maybe go to pro hockey and all of a sudden you're exposed to this when you haven't been in junior I I don't like it at all um it's for for me it's a way of policing the game listen I understand these are young kids they're wearing visors they're pretty fragile and and brains are still developing and all that but there is a major need in the game for this. And yes, we can bring it down a little bit, uh, get rid of some of the stage ones, as people call it. And, and at the at the end of the day, for me, this is this is what I did for a living. So I I, I truly I truly love this part of the game, and I just I, I I hate to see it go, especially like that. I I know I'm not the only one. I, I think it's a bit of a joke to be honest. And uh, we'll we'll see if if other leagues follow. But like I said, like I'm not getting drafted if I didn't fight when I was that young. And uh, it's just disappointing to see. Uh, we want to protect the players at all costs and make sure everyone's healthy. But I I still think it's a ma- massive part of the game.
1: So, okay, this is all due respect to Luke Gazdick. I haven't met the guy. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna cut him up. Um but well, it's
2: not about cutting him up personally. It's an a it's a viewpoint. I think he represents a massive amount of hockey fans when he says that.
1: Uh yeah. And I would like uh well, I, I I tell you what, if he's trying to keep fighting in the game, he did a terrible job there. <laughs> but because uh he said yes. I know about the brains are still developing yeah. and we're worried about this and we're worried about that. We want to he, keep everybody he safe. A, he did a great job presenting all the bullet points for why fighting should be taken out and provided none for why it should stay.
0: I thought he made a great argument for taking out fighting. Yeah.
1: It should stay because I wouldn't have been drafted. <laughs> like with, with all due respect, like uh, I'm sure he scored NHL goals. Like Luke, you weren't a bad hockey player. You know, you made it cause you were a good hockey player. Like, you know, uh, maybe you wouldn't have made the NHL or maybe you wouldn't have been called maybe you're up playing in Europe. They or... need a tough guy. I, I would say, uh, you might've become an even better hockey player if you didn't have to do all that bullshit. You know what I mean? If, if. Uh, you didn't... If you just focused on skill development?
2: Right. Yeah,
1: like, I mean...
2: uh, And that's not always going to be possible for everybody. We're keeping that in mind. No, but like... I'm
0: not trying to be insulting here. I just, I
2: think it's a point that's worth bringing up. Yeah, Yeah, but his,
0: half of his points were the other side of the argument, which were better than his points.
1: Yeah, like, it's a joke. Why? Why is it a joke? Like, the the one argument that does make some sense, I don't think it's very strong, but these kids are going to get out of the QMJHL and they're going to go to pro hockey and then there's going to be fighting and they're not going to know how to do it. And there's a big problem that I have with that argument. And that is university hockey. These dudes doesn't are, allow it. It doesn't allow it. These dudes are wearing cages. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you, you know, the adjustment from the college game to the professional game, uh, part of that adjustment is you're playing with, with probably just a visor for like the first time in your career. You know, I'm surprised we don't see more guys.
2: I'm, there's going to be, it, it's going to happen soon. Somebody's going to step into the NHL with a full cage on.
1: Oh, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to happen. What, why doesn't, uh, why don't guys who go straight from college to the NHL and they play those few games at the end of April? Why don't they, as a transition, go in wearing the full cage? It's what you're used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's a completely different argument. We're we're getting sidetracked here, but I I think. I wish he and other people would be a little bit more honest with the conversation because I think the conversation comes back to, I like it. There's no real good argument for keeping fighting in hockey. And, and listen, I am not clutching my pearls and getting up from my seat and leaving when there's a fight I'm watching and I'm freaking out with the rest of you because I like it. Steve, can you justify it? No, I can't. No, it. I can justify it by, or maybe not justify it. I can defend myself by saying it scratches an itch in my primal brain. That that's it. Mm -hmm. I cannot, however, even though I like watching a good hockey fight, I cannot formulate a good argument for why it should remain. So, for as long as it's here yeah, sure. If there's a fight, I'm there. I'm all for it. I'm going to get up out of my seat and I'm going to love it like the rest of you. And then once it's had its day and it's gone, I'll be like, yeah, fair enough. Because well, I, there's no
2: good argument. I also people. wonder if, if at the junior, junior levels, like Luke brings up a point about like, well, they get to the pro levels and and uh, there's fighting. Yeah. What are they going to do about that? Well, if you have enough junior levels not fighting, then eventually I think the idea would be it just disappears.
1: Yes. Yeah, so there, there has to, at some point, point you have to begin the transition. And also, you know who had their first fight as a professional hockey player? John Scott. He played university. Mm-hmm. He played university and the I think it was the Iowa Wild needed a tough guy and they're like, hey, do you fight? And he's like, no. And they're like, cool, well you're six seven and two fifty, so have fun. Why not try? Yeah, why not try
0: and I don't think anybody's saying like oh fighting will never happen in the NHL again no fighting happens in all sports like we see fights in baseball and basketball and football football like there's some violent heinous shit that happens with dude throwing helmets and stepping on fingers and all that kind of stuff but then there's punishment for it right now in hockey it's five minutes you get to sit down and then you come back in the game there's just going to be a punishment for fighting you can fight if you want it's just going to be a higher penalty and that's it
1: that's fine I, I think the reason there's not more fighting in football because i always wonder that like it's a high contact sport i i think it fucking hurts because they don't have the big thick hockey gloves and you're punching what exactly
0: yeah and the helmets uh like in hockey now everybody fights with a helmet on you know they don't usually yeah. take off the the cages anymore and the but visor on so with with football like they they have their helmets on you're not punching that you know, right. you're not. You're breaking your hand if you're punching it against a football helmet. Right. So there's a little less of that, but there's a lot of shoving, mm-hmm. and occasionally a couple times a year, not even a couple more than that. Probably you get fights, get guys thrown out of games. Like fights are going to happen I, in hockey. It's just going to be a, a suspension. I also wonder too, like,
1: or games. I don't.
2: Not everything that you like can be justified. So it's, it's. I think. I think it's fully within the realm of possibility to say, yeah, I like a good fight, and I can't justify. it.
1: I think it's okay I, I think like that
2: I like race car driving. it's bad for the environment, tough to justify, but I love it.
1: I think it's okay that it's here and it's okay that it'll go away okay is that is that sitting on the fence? yeah, maybe like maybe that is even again, I can't justify the fact that it's here other than it's always been here right um
2: I think Jesse's point too about there's a, there's fights in every sport, yeah, that's the problem too with hockey sometimes like there there hockey is a very it can be a very insular sport. Hockey fans are hockey fans. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you they're hockey fans. And I can't tell you how many hockey fans are like, I don't even fucking watch any other sports. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that. I freaking love, I love sports. I love competition. I love, I I love the I love the drama. I'm in it for the drama. That's what I'm here for. That's why I brought up the Flyers. Holy shit. What, what a reality show they are.
1: People can be like that about music.
2: Yeah, they can. I only like rock. Yeah. I only like rock, this kind of rock from this era, from this age to this age. Um, uh, I think if you look at other sports, you look at, uh, I mean, God, they did a whole thing on the Ron Artest thing, right? The, uh, oh mouths in the palace, uh, which admittedly wasn't great. I was
1: expecting more. I thought that that was not the best performance, just as an aside. Um, I could have listened to Jermaine O'Neal the whole time. I, I didn't think he was in there enough.
2: He was fascinating. Um, but like. I just feel like, yeah, Jess. The the point about the the penalties are just be higher is is a, re- is a really good one. And then, and and from the business perspective, like look at it like these guys would look at it. Look at it like the executives look at it. Purely capitalistic. Mm-hmm. Do you or do you not want to have to deal with the insurance claims that come from a career fighting? Do you think the NHL wants another class action lawsuit? And my answer to that would be absolutely not. They would avoid. They would prefer to avoid paying the lawyers' fees and then the inevitable payments that they're going to have to make to the players afterwards.
1: So that's why it's going. And like again, we're going with the well. They won't won't be prepared for when they get to the NHL. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's, it's its own league. The QMJHL is not junior. The majority of the players in that league will not play in the NHL. That's also true. And I don't know what percentage of the players will even play pro. Anywhere, Uh, a bunch of them are going to go to you know. Well, they can't go to American college, (laughs) so they can go to a Canadian college or university. They're ineligible to play. You can't go in an American college. You can, but you're not eligible to play hockey there. Yep, is that how the NCAA does it? Because the NCAA classifies major junior as professional.
0: Mm -hmm. You have to be an amateur athlete to play junior uh, A.
1: Junior A is fine, so you can play in the. Is but Quebec because you're getting a $200 a week per diem that's professional hockey or whatever it is. yeah it's i think it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous you 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 can play for the uh Penticton Vs. you can't play for the Vancouver Giants right um but at the, at the end of the day you know the 15 year olds okay it's it's like one guy every couple years 2 3 years we don't have to focus on the number 15 16 though you you can be a young sixteen year old fighting an old twenty year old, like someone who's virgin on twenty one. I want to say there are certain situations where you can be twenty one at the end of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I when when I covered junior that one year, there were a handful of players that were still older than I was. Wow, I'm not not a lot. It was it was still though. Like I was older than like ninety five percent of the league, but. Yeah, you're talking about uh, huge size discrepancies, huge maturity uh, discrepancies. And at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to fight for a child's right to fight an adult. (laughs) Right. And an adult's right to fight a child.
0: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Adam, underneath your Luke Gazdick video, there's these truck videos. They're truck simulators. Jesse's been watching this for the last five <laughs> minutes, and it's been so distracting. What are they? So they're truck simulator videos of just dudes care? Oh, that's something else. Wait, um, taking it off whoa. their underwear. Biggest log with expert truck driver. Just people playing the oh, truck simulator video game. Yes. But how many views do you think this has?
1: A Facebook well, so goofy. It's Facebook. If you- yeah, four point six billion.
0: <laughs> no, twenty seven million on this truck simulator video. Uh, twenty-seven thousand comments. This truck simulator video has thirty-nine million views. How
1: many does the underwear video have? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the underwear video has one point three million. Oh, the uh, the truck simulator videos do a lot better than the underwear video.
1: Interesting, <laughs> Jesse. What the f- <laughs> what? Oh, is that's but a- a-
0: Adam on a toe. Adam, this is what is underneath the Luke Gastic video. Listen, I didn't say that Facebook was a great platform. I was why like, are, Why did we bring this because up? Because
2: I couldn't find it. Anywhere. Oh my god! Someone talk to the producers at Sportsnet. I just want to find the clip.
0: A Python a clip. couldn't digest its huge prey. Oh my god! He regurgitated. Python right. just threw up something. Yeah, we
2: don't need to see that. Yeah. Guys,
0: also, can I just say that that I don't
2: know what Facebook wants to be. Every time I'm on there, which is rare, uh, I'm I'm confused as to what the purpose is now. What is
1: what, fi- is what are we doing here? What does a fire want to be other than a bigger fire?
2: I guess. That's, that's, that's weird. That's how I look weird. At it.
1: Hey, should we do the press conference? Sure. Uh,
2: no. We don't have time? Ooh. We don't have time. Oh, oh, bullshit. That's Jesse's fault. Well, listen. What? <laughs> it's Jesse's fault. <laughs>
1: As are most things. Um,
2: yes. So we will uh you know what? Fine, we'll save a press conference for a The Wednesday. compliment section should be very kind about that. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be thrilled. The compliment kinda. section, we love you. Don't worry, we'll be back with a longer press conference. On Wednesday, and a Leafs Islanders game to wrap up, which I'm excited about because those are always good too.
1: Pierre spelt with a three because he's going to get a hat trick. That's going to be the LFR title. Is he on a three game goal scoring streak right now? You bet. Oh, Jesse, good. I don't think that music's loud enough. I think you should crank it a little
0: louder. Ah! The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet?
4: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore dangle, at Adam W Y L D E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.